Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. Today we are talking about the cast iron plant, which when I'm telling you is one of the easier houseplants out there, I mean easier to the point where it is one of the original. And now I said ficus benjamina was one of the original houseplants. But this was one of the oldest houseplants that is known to be seen in the Victorian era. And that is where it's got its name from. So because it is so low maintenance and it has major adaptability in many environments, this is definitely one of the best beginner houseplants out there. The cast iron plant is known for its more upright, really long leafed foliage, and the leaves kind of feel like slightly leathery. I would rather compare them to what a dried corn husk <laughs> um, feels like, but thicker. And I know that sounds weird, but it's very specific, but it's so true. As the plant matures, the leaves get a lot longer and they do get wider. The leaves can get very, very tall. Typically, the plant gets around two feet tall and the leaves are basically the size of the plant. So right around two feet tall, maybe a little bit less than that, is the length of the leaves. They can get even about like four inches wide too, depending on the size plant, what plant you got, variety, what light, environment, all that good stuff. But they can get pretty large. So beautiful plants. The Latin name for cast iron plants is Aspidistra elatior, I think. It is actually part of the asparagus family, so in asparagaceae family. And it's commonly known as the cast iron plant. That's the name you're going to hear the most. But it's also called barroom plant, which has to do with the kind of the original nature of the name, which we can get into. The most common variety or cultivar you're going to find is Milky Way, which is actually the one I have. That is the pictures on the blog posts and the posts you'll see throughout Instagram, Facebook. Other varieties are variegated or variegata, snowcap, asahi, hoshi zora, and lenin song. I have not seen a lot of those varieties, just me buying houseplants in the past and just shopping for them in general. I have seen Variegata, I have seen Milky Way, but I have not seen the other ones online. Those are the most common varieties you're going to find, whether you're shopping or looking at different varieties. Snowcap's probably the next closest one to the one you're going to find the most of. More than likely, if you're shopping for cast iron plants at a plant shop, you're going to find the original cast iron plant, just the green one, or you're going to find Milky Way or Variegata. That's going to be probably the top three. Milky Way I find more common than Variegata lately. 
but that's here nor there. So those are the different varieties and cultivars you may be able to find in cast iron plant. So let's get into more of the requirements. And let me tell you, it this is one of the more low maintenance house plants of the different house plants you're going to find. Maybe not the lowest maintenance. I think snake plants probably the lowest maintenance, but this is definitely right there with it. So for sun requirements, they love low to medium light. Not kidding. If you have a dark corner in your home that gets low light, I'm not saying no light, I'm saying low light, that would be the perfect plant. So if you have a room that has a window in it and it's a corner of the room that's not near the window, the plant can actually do okay there. As long as there's a window in that room, it'll do okay. It also likes medium light. So the more light you give it, the better, fuller, faster it will grow. Just as like a lot of house plants do that too, you know. The only thing I would avoid is direct sunlight because they can burn in direct sunlight. Low light, they tolerate it. They do well in it. They will still grow in it. Medium, even bright indirect light, they will also do very well in too. If you have more of a highly variegated variety like a variegata or a snowcap, then you're going to probably want to put it in at least medium light or or even just medium light because that will help hold the variegation to it. Milky Way, for example, just kind of has speckles of white. So it's not really a super white variety like a variegata or a snowcap is. So you don't necessarily need to do really bright light with a Milky Way variety. So as a recap, low to medium light, that's all you really need. You can put it in bright indirect light. It'll do fine. Just avoid direct sunlight and that's it. Okay, moving on to water requirements. This is also another great reason why this plant is considered low maintenance because it does best in low to medium moisture and they are drought tolerant, which I will explain in a second. But the best watering pattern for these is layering when the top layers of soil are dry. Now, I don't like saying that. I don't like when that is read into a book. I know I say it sometimes, but it's like, what does that even mean when the top layers of soil are dry? It basically means... Don't let the plant completely dry out, like bone dry, before you water again. So if you're using a moisture meter reader and it just says low and it's not like all the way at the bottom, then you can water it. So for the best success with this plant, letting it completely dry out isn't going to be the healthiest thing for it. Now, I'm not forgetting about the fact that I just said this plant is drought tolerant because that's what makes this plant so low maintenance and also a reason why I got same, and I'll tell you in a minute. But if you are trying to figure out the watering pattern for this plant, you don't want to be overwatering it. If you let this plant dry out completely in between watering, it is drought tolerant and it probably will not change much. You might get some brown tops and your leaves might kind of crisp a little bit if you're really underwatering it, but it will bounce back and it will be fine and it will continue growing. So, if you're trying to figure out the watering pattern, it is best to underwater this plant than overwater this plant. It does not like to have soggy feet. So underwatering this plant when you're trying to figure out the watering pattern is much better than overwatering. I hope that explains the drought tolerant part. Because, for example, my cast iron plant, I probably underwater it almost every time, to be honest. And I have it just off of a south window. Recently, I've put it under... Um, a grow light or just away from a grow light, but it's in that lighting area. And I have had many tips of the smaller leaves, the original leaves on the plant, 
were browning. And that is because I let it dry out completely. But it actually has nice growth that has grown and has gotten bigger with the new light. And with the adjustment to watering, it's been a lot better too. So if you're going to do it wrong, <laughs> underwater it, then overwater it. The other factor to watering is always humidity. Even though these plants' native environments are rainforests, it actually does not matter if you have increased humidity in your home or not. Obviously, because their natural environment is rainforest, they will do just fine with extra humidity, but it is not necessary at all to be considered for a successful houseplant for you. So people like me in the Midwest where I have really dry climates, I don't even care if it's near humidifier because I know it will do well. All right, let's move on to the fertilizer, other facts, propagation, Q&A, all that good stuff. Okay, so my fertilizer doesn't really change with this plant, but a couple of the sources that I was reading from, and by the way, almost every single book I had, almost, had this plant in it, which is great, basically said the same information in every single book, but that's okay. We like to confirm. Um, they recommend something slightly different than I would probably do, which is actually creating it even more low maintenance. So for me, I normally fertilize about every two weeks when I water, sometimes less depending on if I remember or not, <laughs> starting from the end of February through October. And I probably only fertilize once or twice in winter because the plant isn't just as active. And then I use about, about maybe three-fourths of the recommended amount of fertilizer because um, I'd rather under than over-fertilize. And I use Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer, but there's so many different kinds out there. Whatever you're comfortable with, whatever works, you just need to read the instructions on the package and that's the frequency you're going to fertilize. Also keep in mind, if you're using an all-purpose fertilizer, the recommendations for a houseplant versus like a perennial in your yard might be different, so make sure you're reading those instructions also. Usually fertilizing a houseplant, you're going to be using less of it than you would like a perennial out in your yard or an annual or something. So two sources particularly I called out, the healing power of plants said feed once in summer to encourage new leaves. So fertilizing less than I do, who knows what kind of fertilizer you're using I don't know if they're using a liquid fertilizer. I don't know if they're using a slow release fertilizer. It doesn't say, but it sounds like recommending less feeding. The other book, Practical Houseplant book, kind of recommends something similar, which is why I think my point was kind of proven with the healing power of plants. Feeding less is better. It says apply a half strength basic household fertilizer once a month when this plant is actively growing. So, I mean... Cast iron plants actively grow year round, but obviously in winter it's going to be much, much lower. So they're both saying to be fertilizing once a month. And household fertilizer doesn't exactly explain what kind of fertilizer in it. So that's why I'm saying it's totally based on what kind of fertilizer you're using overall. But to me, that sounds like overall fertilizing less is okay, which makes it more low maintenance. <laughs> If you have any fertilizer questions or anything, feel free to ask me. Again, I do the Instagram Q&As. I try to do them every day, but I do them in my stories on Instagram. And you're welcome to drop a question in there of like, hey, I use this fertilizer. What do you think I should be doing? How often should I be fertilizing? Or what would you recommend or whatever? You don't have to use the same brand I use. I just personally like it. Um, and I can always recommend others. I've used Schultz. I've used miracle Grow, I've used other organic brands, but I know Schultz and miracle Grow are the ones I've used in the past, but I like Fox Farm 
in general, much better. Um, plus, it's a concentrate. And there's a lot of other brands. Espoma is also like a concentrate. You can get that kind of fertilizer in a concentrate too. So there's a lot out there in general. But anyways, if you have questions, let me know. Sounds like if you fertilize this plant less, that's okay. Okay, propagation is pretty simple. Um, actually the same as the last house plant, which is literally dividing. <laughs> so dividing is the best way to propagate this plant probably when it's a bit more mature. A couple sources said you have to have at least two leaves on the plant. I I personally would probably put more than that in there just to get a little bit fuller plant, but it depends on what your use is for propagating this. So this is the same process as the ginger plant, a canna lily, hosta, or an iris for propagation. Same thing. Dividing, splitting, whatever you want to call it. Okay, some of the other facts. This is part of the Asparagaceae family, as I said in the beginning. It is native to parts of Eastern Asia. China, Japan, Taiwan were also listed online in my books. So the naming of it is where I kind of wanted to explain. So the cast iron plant is named cast iron because of its like severe adaptability as a houseplant. And even back back in the Victorian ages, which is when it got its name, they were known for surviving and really thriving in dark, smoky taverns back in the day, which is why they're called the cast iron plant, because they are so adaptable to literally any environment. I've also seen in a couple other sources, the book specifically, saying that this plant is tolerant of some of those bad drafty corners or um, lower temperatures sometimes once in a while, and those awkward areas where you might need to put a houseplant, but you can't because of the drafty window or something like that. These are tolerant of that, which is crazy. <laughs> so I'm going to call out my sister, Lindsay. If you're listening to this, this would be a great plant for your basement because your basement gets a little colder. Anyway, <laughs> that is why it is called cast iron plant because of that severe adaptability in really any home and even way back when. So the plant's mature sizing totally depends on the environment and kind of the variety you have as well. There are shorter, more compact varieties out there, which are harder to find, but those will stay a bit shorter. Normally, on average, these are going to get, I wouldn't even say on average, I would say these get about two feet tall. They could exceed to about three feet tall, depending on the environment you're giving it. But right around two feet tall is where you're going to have this plant height-wise. And they get they don't get two feet wide. They probably get about like a foot and a half wide. They get taller than they do wider. They also do produce flowers, but you're really not going to see them in your home at all. And if you do, they're going to be actually at the soil line. So they just kind of pop up as like a purplish, almost like dark red color flower at the bottom. And you probably won't see them in your home. So I wouldn't even bank on using this plant as that feature at all, unless you are mimicking its native environment for some great reason you're doing that, you might see them. But besides that, you probably won't. And the last fact is that these are non-toxic to pets. So a great plant idea for if your cat or your dog like to chomp on the leaves or just take a bite once in a while. This is a non-toxic plant. And if you want more information on more of that, episode 31 has all that great information. Okay, let's move on to the Instagram Q&A. So, as a reminder, once an episode is released, the next episode that comes up, I kind of put a little story up saying, hey, this is the next episode. What do you want to hear about or do you have any questions? And that is your time to really ask any questions. Obviously, if you don't see the story post, you can put it in the Instagram Q&A, like the daily Q&A I do, or you can just message me directly and say, hey, I know cast iron is next. What is, this is my question, that kind of thing. 
so I did get one question this time. And the question was, is this the Milky Way plant? Do they also call it that or is this the variety of it? Thanks. So this is the Milky Way plant. It is commonly called cast iron plant and Milky Way is a cultivar of it. So the Milky Way cultivar has white speckles throughout the foliage. It's one of the most common ones you're going to find. And then the other varieties are variegata, which has just white kind of stripes throughout the plant, which is also very pretty and is on my list of things I still want, along with just the plain green one. <laughs> and then the snowcap is another really common variety that has, it's, it is what it sounds like. All the tips of the foliage are white and look like a snowcap. So that's really fun too. I know this is a lot shorter episode, but that is all I have about the cast iron plant. Overall, one of the more low-maintenance houseplants out there, maybe not the lowest, like a snake plant in my opinion, but definitely I think number two on the low-maintenance houseplants, which is funny because I didn't even include this one in my low-maintenance houseplant podcast, but honestly, I should have. It should be considered a very low-maintenance houseplant. It will be an addition to that episode. And I hope I just convinced you all to go buy a cast iron plant. And honestly, if you're thinking of a gift idea anytime soon, cast iron plant for a new houseplant parent is honestly a great idea because even if they don't know what they're doing, they should be okay as long as you tell them not to overwater. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening to episode 69 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the cast iron plant. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hello, me again, as normal at the end. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast episode. This one was a fun one because it's just such a low maintenance houseplant. I feel like we've had a couple heavy hitter podcast episodes lately with a little bit more complicated plants and to have a low maintenance one, it's pretty nice. I also, a couple things I wanted to mention about my plant is that I had been severely neglecting my plant for, I think, months, honestly. I bought it in early spring and I just kind of put it in a corner, really, that did get a ton of light. I definitely underwatered the crap out of it. And let me tell you, no pests whatsoever. And it still had new growth. So these plants are so tolerant of everything. It's amazing. So highly recommend them if you don't have one. And if you have one of those drafty windows or you have like a space that kind of doesn't fit anything because it needs a lot of light or more humidity or something, this is your guy. So not to talk more about the plant at the end of the episode, but yes. All right. So more about Houseplant Homebody and me. Um, Some of you may have seen this in my story last week. I just wanted to let you guys know that I still am not fully present on social media because of my job currently. This is in October of 2022, if you're listening way into the future. So 
you can ignore this part. But <laughs> um, currently, my job is just a little heavier than it has been. I have been working to kind of move into a different position and hopefully um, just a little bit more harder work for me will get me there. But I've just needed to focus on that side of my life at the moment, which has taken away just mentally for me. I'm one of those people that after my whatever, nine, 10 hour days of work, I have to just like sit there and not do anything for a while. And then hopping back into creating content, recording podcast episodes, anything like that at night after work is a little bit harder for me. So weekends had been my time to work on the podcast, but you know, with the holidays and kind of meeting up with friends and family, it's been busy. So I'm sorry I haven't been totally present on social media, but that is why, just to explain why. So I appreciate you all understanding. I'm sure most of you can really relate to. So appreciate you guys for understanding and still sticking around and being there. Obviously, I still am going to be recording podcast episodes. That is not changing at all. Um, just the amount of posting is reduced temporarily, I promise. <laughs> so anyways, the next episode, what's it going to be? Ooh, the next episode is actually something I am changing from the original newsletter. I had been thinking about this for a while and I'm just going to do it. So this is going to be an episode where if you normally don't look at the blog post, this is a must look at the blog post episode. So I am actually going to do a plant gift guide for the next episode that is released on the 8th. Originally, it was supposed to be like English Ivy or Ponytail Palm or something, and I'm still doing one of those kind of next, but I kind of switch up the episodes a little bit, and I did change it because I thought this would be so helpful, and I wanted to make it sure it was early enough for people to be checking into things and links and stuff like that. So if you have a plant product or you know of someone that sells plant products, let me know. Please feel free to message me. I will put it I will look at it, I will check it out, and I will put it in the blog post or the episode. Um, but I'm kind of going to do array of things. I'm going to do Etsy shops. I'm going to actually do plants from Etsy shops. I'm going to do, talk about what you could find at your local chain stores even, or local plant shops. I'm going to talk about Amazon stuff. I'm going to kind of go all, go all over the place. Some of it is not going to be everything I've tried myself, but I'm definitely going to put everything on there that I have as well. So that is going to be the next podcast episode. You definitely don't want to miss that. It's going to be November 8th. Plenty of time before the holidays. So if you have any suggestions or questions or you want to see anything on the gift guide, please let me know. I'd be happy to put it on there. I will be putting list of online Instagram plant shops too. That way, if you have... if if you're listening to this and you know of a person that plants that collects rare plants or something like that, I'll have certain growers on there for you. Me, personally, I will be including some local shops, but I will also be putting shops that kind of ship nationally or throughout the United States too. So that's next podcast episode, which is very exciting. So I know I switched it up. I know I was supposed to do a different episode, but I kind of thought this was a good switch up and you guys would appreciate it anyways. So that's what I'm doing. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.